0: So, welcome back to the Brotherhood of Business Podcast. We are your hosts, Sunhat.
1: I'm Cody and I'm Andy
0: and today we're actually gonna be talking about our business we're gonna be talking about uh, BA shields so brotherhood in business we're the podcast that helps other first responders who maybe want to start their own business or maybe want to get into business Um, we're here to help you guys we're here to give you the insight that it took from us or the the insight that we had to use um, and our knowledge base to start a business regardless of whatever that business is, whether you're opening a brewery or whether you're manufacturing goods or mowing lawns, it doesn't really matter. If you want to start your own business, this is the place to be. So um, Cody, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. I'm Cody Cavan. I was born and raised in Nevada, um, Carson City to be exact. I was uh, went to college up at University of Nevada, Reno, got my degree in communication and uh, American Sign Language. Um after college I was always tinkering with things and worked at body shops, doing fa- at fab shops, doing suspension and stuff like that. I've always kind of been a tinker and building stuff. Then that led into gun holsters and other things that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um I've got worked for about 7 years for the private ambulance service and transitioned into fire. I was a volunteer for a couple years, then uh got hired with Sparks And I've been with Sparks for about seven years now. Um, And that's my background, so Andy.
2: Well, my name is Andy Mann. I was born in the Bay Area, California. Moved up uh, to Reno, Nevada when I was a little guy, just a couple of years old. And so basically I'm just a transplant here, but this is pretty much all I've ever known. Uh, Same thing, went to college at the University of Nevada, Reno. I majored in political science with a minor in criminal justice and went through four or five years worth of college to realize I didn't want to do any of those things that I had studied. (laughs) Uh, So ended up going back to school for, uh, for the same stuff we all do. EMS stuff, EMT basic advanced, and then paramedic school, all that good stuff. Uh, so far 10 years in, whether it's combined fire EMS experience, and that's pretty much my story. So,
0: Right on. And uh, my name is Pat Case. I was born and raised in Minnesota. actually grew up in a small town called Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Um, we're up by Fargo, don't you know? And uh, so started there, ended up going to college at um, MSU in Mankato. Uh, those of you who know the school, they know it for... Um, well, they know it for drinking. That's what you do there. Perfect. So, yeah. Prime uh, you for a firefighter so, job. Yeah, exactly. well, it's <laughs> clutch. I uh, got a degree in corporate finance and investment analysis. And just like Andy said, I don't want to sit in a cubicle. So um, my big thing was I wanted to push out and help people. Uh, I ended up getting my EMT. And then moving on from there, from EMT school to medic school and firefighting. So I've been doing, um, I've been firefighting for probably 15 years now, 14, 15, 2008 is when I started and uh, started my medic career with uh, Mayo Clinic. Actually, they have a ground transport unit. So got a lot of really good experience there. But uh, I wanted to live somewhere warmer. So moved out to Nevada, uh, literally right after getting married, and uh, actually got hired with Cody at Sparks. Uh, We're in the same hire group. So um, that's kind of what led actually to literally all of this snowballing, right? And and transpiring. So uh, again, we're the Brotherhood in Business podcast. So now that you know a little bit about who we are, um, today we're actually going to be focusing on our business. So,
2: BA Shields. BA Shields. Protect your goods.
0: Protect your goods. What is (laughs) BA Shields? For those of you who are listening and don't know. So we
1: manufacture lens protection and blackout training tools for firefighters. Anyone who wears a full face breathing apparatus. um, We primarily started with fire service because that's what we know. Um, And it's... We wanted something that was going to be not consumable. Uh, you basically, you know, buy it once and and you're done. You can reuse it as many times as you want. It's not going to tear. It's not going to crack. You're not going to have to, you know, keep buying it time and time again. So that's what we do. And uh, we're going to tell you how... We got started. A little
0: life story of B.A. Shields. The life story of B.A. Shields. So every uh, every podcast that we do, here's our plan. We plan on doing one podcast probably a month with a, a featured guest. We just happen to be our own featured guest this time. And then hopefully every middle of the month, we're actually going to discuss a topic that we, um, that we set about. So this month's topic for the month of November is actually going to be how to start, how to take a leap. So, um, and what it takes to do exactly that. How do you feel, Andy? Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. So BA Shields, we kind of briefly said that we got hired together. Um, that was kind of the birth, right? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, we, it was, wasn't even a full year into our probationary period. You know, uh, we, we got hired together. We went through Academy. We, we got offered a hazmat technician school. Yeah. Uh, in the last month of our probation because nobody else wanted to do it, right? <laughs> They're like, I guess we'll I'd offer always, it to the probies.
0: I think I'd always secretly been a hazmat nerd, though. Like, that's always been something. Like, I, I, I love the chemistry classes, but I didn't want to go to school for chemistry. So, hey, what are you, a ropes guy? A, a
2: glowing nerd. What are you, a ropes guy?
0: <laughs> I have
1: team paramedic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Out Once on the box, always on the box.
1: Yeah. It was, you wanted me to make, since... So a little background, I, w- I have said I'd like to tinker with stuff, right? So I got into making my own leather goods, doing suspenders, gun holsters, uh, radio pouches, um, yeah, all that like stuff.
0: The go-to guy. like It was like, oh, Cody's doing suspenders for everybody. Yeah, like, so like I was
1: this. doing batches of, yeah. of leather goods and stuff, and then Pat wanted me to make him a holster.
0: I did. I wanted a holster for the SCBA mask. We're kind of, we're all avid gun people, so it, it makes sense if you could have something like accessible, right, and ready. Right, kind of like, yeah. Yep. So I was like, Cody, off. yeah, Cody, can you make me a quick draw thing?
1: So, and then at the same time, one of our coworkers, Nick, he, he asked for a leather cover, which me being the leather guy, I said, well, yeah, I can do that, but why would you make a leather cover? cover that's supposed to protect the lens of your mask if you can't keep it off the lens of your mask you don't take your sunglasses and wrap them in leather that's (laughs) collecting dirt like and put (laughs) it directly on the lens you're trying to protect it because they go in a hard case where it doesn't make contact with the lens so i was like well uh, since i was had been doing holsters and stuff i said well i'll come back to you with something i think i can do something better than that so went to the garage the lab Maybe as we call it,
0: we'll call it the lab. Yeah. Where's
1: that Dremel at?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: so I got to town with uh, some some cardboard and some templates, making some templates, and then started cutting out plastic by hand. Um, and that sure enough, miserable. It, it's kind of stinky, right? It's not good. It doesn't smell good. Burnt plastic. That was. We all know the smell
0: of it. Yeah, and I, I remember. I remember the first time I saw our product. Like you, we were in hazmat school, right? And I remember you brought it to me like in a backpack. You're like, hey, check this out. <laughs> like it was like a drug deal. Like it was like this like, like crazy, crazy freaking cool thing. And uh, you pulled out, I think we actually have one, the OG one on our shelf over there behind Cody. Yeah. Um, But it was, it was beautiful. Um, it was so janky. It was, it was, re- it was really it was- janky, but it was exactly what I wanted. Um, It wasn't the holster, but it was exactly what I wanted in having something that wasn't the mass bag.
1: High speed, low
0: drag. Exactly. Decision. So I, it's foggy because it was six years ago when we were in hazmat school. So everything was like, it was stupid. Um, <laughs> but I remember we were like, dude, this is, you made this by hand? And he was like, yeah. And I said, we we should see if we could sell this to other people. Like this could be a really good idea. And I think we've always had a really good relationship like within the fire service and even in the business. Like we we're good at, at pushing each other just a little bit outside of comfort zone. And I remember you were like, I don't know, I don't know nobody's gonna buy it like maybe we'll sell a couple and my cody like, we should probably like would you want to do this like i'm in i'm like i'm in i'm in and that's the
2: dumbest uh, idea i've yeah, ever I mean, heard
1: <laughs> when do we I start think, <laughs> when do we start yeah so i think, like, I, think I actually said uh, as long as i don't have to handle like finance i think side you of it, did and i'm like i was like Dude. i want nothing to do with and that. i said
0: did you know that that's like like what i'm that's my background like that's what i went to school for was like the finance side of stuff yeah and uh it was absolutely crazy because we're like, "Oh, did we just become best friends?" <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, and we set to work making more.
1: We didn't even know each other for a year no. at that point.
0: Mm-mm. Nope.
1: And yeah, we just decided to
0: do it. But we knew we had a common theme, right? We knew that we had a product. We knew that we had an idea. We knew that we had a belief, uh, and and we believed in our product. We didn't know how much we actually believed in it um, until we actually started using it, but we knew that we had a direction that we wanted to go and we pushed ourselves in that direction. And it wasn't like we're the three best friends that everybody could have. Like, it wasn't like you have to go into business with um, somebody, you know, for a long time. In fact, as we're seeing some of the best business relationships turn into friendships and friendships turn into business relationships and, and you can do both. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later about even other coworkers that we had that maybe used to be friends and then went into business. And it's still a question we get. They're like, Oh Yeah how are you guys still doing this? And you guys like, aren't like
1: at each other's throats. Yeah. Right. Like a,
0: like a feuding, like 10 year married couple. You know right. what I mean? Like, we're just like, no, we, we have our roles. We do our thing and shit's good. Cause
1: there, there had been some other joint ventures. And I'm sure that there are joint ventures at almost every fire department. Oh yeah. That either are successful or they like go down and blaze. Right. Like <laughs> and and then everybody hates up. everybody. <laughs> right. When we first started this at our department, granted, we're we're both a year in. No, we don't. We don't have great established relationships with everybody at the fire department. Yeah. You know, they're, we're working on it, but we're probies. When they're Just like, "You guys are going to start a business together? Do you guys even know each other?" <laughs> and then at the end of the conversation, it's uh, "Good luck with that."
0: That was literally what everybody said. Oh yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. So we we started the business. Um, we didn't know how to start a business. So that this is what we're doing with our podcast, right? This this literally hammers at home is we didn't know what the hell we were doing at all. So we started a business and we're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should, uh, we've got a product, right? We have a problem. So most businesses start out with a problem and then they start out with, this is the solution to the problem. So if you're listening to this and you have a solution to a problem, you have an idea for a business. It's as simple as that. You just need to be able to take it to the next level. So, Andy, um, what is it that you do at BA Shields?
2: So basically, I am the production guy, yeah. and every one of these shields that uh, that we send out probably has had my hands on it at at some point throughout the the production process. Yeah. Um. And that's that's my lane. As as Pat referenced, you know, just a couple seconds ago we all have our different roles and responsibilities and yes, we can kind of do what everybody else does, but we all have our lanes that we try to stay in for the most part. And production is my lane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it works out well. Um, we'll talk about how we got actually Andy involved in the business. Um, everything happens for a reason. It's, and it's funny. Totally. It's, it's really yeah. crazy. Um, Cody, your role is a little bit different.
1: My role it's used to be production.
0: Used to be, right. yeah. Yeah. I took it from him. <laughs> yeah, it was an accident. It just happened. I used to just be uh, the shipping guy. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, I acquire all the raw goods. Um, I make sure that we're stocked on all of our plastic. Make sure that we our heat presses and our printers are running correctly, uh, and make sure we have paper and shock cord and cord ends and driving around ordering that stuff picking it up from the warehouses and
0: i I think more than that i think you're you're not giving yourself credit where credit is research and development you're 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 our r&d guy so the the current shields that we have on the market right now are almost exclusively designed by cody like the the shape of them how they fit how they mount exactly where they go is cody's wheelhouse so um I'll give you the credit because without it, we wouldn't have. I forget exactly yeah. you forget. <laughs> it's what I spend and all my days G-buzz, doing. It thinking is thinking about curvature so,
1: of lenses and stupid things. How he do likes catch to catch it. He
0: likes to tinker, so we let him tinker. Um, I am the, I guess. As the business grows, it's weird how you have to like assimilate into different roles. But um, I started out being the finance guy, so just basically the operating officer. How do we? pay bills? How do we get invoicing? Where does the money go? Um, Are our taxes paid? All of those things um, are part of my roles. And then I kind of moved into the marketing side of things too. So if you follow BA Shields on social media, um, I usually do end up doing all of that, which, which is an important aspect of business marketing that we'll have to dive deeper into in another episode because it is I mean, you know, from the production side, when we step up marketing, what happens in your world?
2: I was going to say, this is, this is the triangle, the pyramid. And at this point, the other two of us can't survive without the third, the third leg of that. It's the three leg. Yeah. If, if one leg is missing, the whole thing will fall down. So it's important that we're all, you know, we're all firing on all cylinders and we're keeping up on tasks that need to be kept up on.
0: So that was a roundabout way to say that Cody invented the shield. Um, but we came up with the product and then we decided that we getting back into the VA shield story, we decided that we needed um, to do some more, some more research and development. So um, I think our current Scott or our 3M Scott AV 3000 model is the fourth or fifth rendition.
1: Easy. Uh, yeah. It's the, it's currently the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Because so when, we, when we, when I originally started, so we, we st- Started with Scott AV3000 because that's what we had. That's yeah. what, that was, those are the masks that we use. Yeah. And we had a voice amplifier on the, on the left side so, or on the right side. So that was before the Scott site came out. So with that bracket, we had it has a bigger radius on that exhalation port. So I just made it for that because that's what we knew. Yeah. Well, that's what I knew. Yeah. That's what we had. And I was like, oh, they sell these without that. Uh, we need to make sure that it fits without a voice amp on the right side. And then the Scott sight came out and then the voice amp moved to the left side, which changes the radius and how tight it fits on those escalation ports. So we made a model for that. And then we had three models that we were making for one mask. And we were like, this is ridiculous. We need to come up with a universal fit that fits all three of those models. And then we finally came up with that fourth rendition and uh, the, universal series so that we could fit all four, all three options and not have three mask models that we had to sell. And that was really confusing on the customer side too. That's exactly what I was just thinking about was
2: we, we get mistakes all the time of Oh, I thought I had, you know, the 3M Scott, not the MSA, and it goes back and forth. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you order your product, I mean, yeah, yeah it's there we have, we don't have very many options, but we do have options. So, and and none of them are universal fits and we designed that or you designed that specifically because the MSA G1 is not the same as the 3M Scott AV3000. Like, they're not the same. They're not compatible. They're not we get close. that question all the time. They're yeah. not even close. It's not a one-size-fits-all. This isn't a panty thing that you can pull over your head. So um, what we uh, ended up doing, actually, as we were kind of learning all these things, and we were learning, oh, gosh, there is a there is a difference. They're, you know, voice amp left, voice amp right. Um, the, the Scott site, like, all of these things played into our final design at, at some point. But when we first started and we took our product, I think, I think we had going down our timeline, I'm trying to remember it. Um, we were in Aniston, Alabama for training. Mm-hmm. So we went down to Aniston to uh, the CDP and we were doing a hazmat training. And if you've ever been to, I'm knocking my mic over. If you've ever been to Aniston or a CDP class, it's it, it's amazing. It's it's a fully paid um trip basically, all expenses paid and then some to get some of um some really good hazmat training from instructors throughout the United States. We get and to play with
1: anthrax. Anthrax, and ricin. ricin,
0: VX, CX. Sarin. It's the only place that a civilian can go actually play with live agents. So, it's pretty trippy. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm a nerd. But uh so we took it there and uh we were we were hanging out over a couple of brewskis and um Cody pulled out his backpack that had I think at the time if you if you like go to our social media and you scroll all the way to the bottom like literally our first post was <laughs> we had a, a bright pink, a bright green, a bright orange like they're just like obnoxiously bright colors oh, right yeah. and you had a couple and I remember we were all kind of sitting around the table with the class um, some really cool guys from across the country. And we we broke them out. <laughs> and we we're like, Cody was like, hey, these things are, you know, these things fit on your lens and this is what they do. And kind of gave him the elevator pitch. And God, who's that old, old that oh, guy? The instructor. old guy that, yeah. He, he goes, bullshit, you can't break it. I'm a firefighter. And he was a southern dude with this drawl and he'd been in the fire service probably like 30 years. And uh, he had his pickup truck there. And I remember this vividly. And he's like, oh, yeah. you're saying, I can smash this in my tailgate and it won't break. And we're like,
2: yep, let's try. <laughs> That's literally oh, course. What we did.
0: somewhere out there. There's a video mm-hmm. of our very first durability test. And it was in Anniston, Alabama. And he smashed it in his tailgate and it fell to the ground. And he picked it up and it was completely unscratched, unscathed, not bent. And I remember him looking at it and looking at us and going, holy shit. And then right. two kids in the class are like, how much are they? I want one. <laughs> and that was where we sold our first <laughs> ship. Are
2: we yeah. even going to sell these things? We hadn't even yeah. thought about that yet. <laughs> yeah. We went
0: from there to, um, yeah, literally to, yeah. T- to selling two of them. And then on our flight back, like, which is funny because we actually ended up in the exact same terminal coming back from a trade show, FDIC, I think our yeah. first FDIC. And we were like, Cody. That was where we fucking sat when we had our very first dollar. Like, we We took a picture, yeah. Yeah. And we were like, I think this is going to work. And I think shortly after that, we were like, all right, what do we need to do to kick it into gear? And that was where BA Shields really started. So we had an idea. We had a solution to the problem. Um, All the other development stuff aside, we we had a pretty basic.
2: Remind me how you guys got. I mean, obviously, that's the starter story, but like, from from making stuff you know from the production side how were you guys doing that like yeah that you know because i think that's a huge that that that's probably a huge part of this i mean cody were you just
1: sitting out in your garage cutting plastic hours at a time yeah so well that's kind of what it started out as and i quickly realized that that was not uh i started stacking them together and cutting them on a bandsaw okay cutting them out and then i was having to you know polish all the edges by hand and i quickly realized that that was not a viable option so i found i just shopped around locally i tried to find anyone who could cut it out with a laser with a cnc machine water jet anyone i found a local local company they do metal work it's called tuto Ferro in reno they do they're absolutely awesome guys great guys and uh I just walked in there and I was like, "Hey, I got this plastic material if I get you a file can or can we make a file? I have a cardboard." We didn't even have a file. <laughs> no, we didn't have a file. I they, remember
0: going to your house and you had you were so excited about it. You had like a piece of Saran wrap. Yeah. And that was how you'd trace the template. Mhm. It was like a piece of Saran wrap that you'd take the cardboard, right?
1: I so I, I would take the Saran wrap and I'd wrap it over the lens of the mask and then I'd trace around like the frame and where I wanted it to sit. And then I'd, I'd peel it off. And I think I was sticking it to my sliding glass door <laughs> at, at my house. Like, there's no shit. Yeah. shit. There I was. So, oh. <laughs> there we were. Yeah. And I'd stick it so that I could see <laughs> through it. And then I could transfer it onto, onto, it wasn't even cardboard. It was card stock. Yeah. And, and then I'd transfer it and I'd trace around it so that the pen would make an indent in the cardstock, And then I'd cut out the cardstock, and I'd fit it. And then that was my original template and then i just keep adding or removing material where i wanted it to so that we would stay off the lens we would sit around the frame yeah, that's yeah. that's how we stay off the lens as we sit on the frame um so it creates that air gap in between the lens and our product the shield so then i took a cardstock down to tuto ferro and i was like hey can can you guys cut this out of this material and they're like oh yeah so they scan it they put it into their into their water jet, he was a CAD and, wizard, and it was like the next day he calls me and he's like, "Hey, I got some things cut out for you." I go pick it up, and then it was back back to the house to the lab to back to, to do lab. to mold it and see how we were, how I was going to mold it, and then I, I quickly realized that floppy moldy plastic uh, wants it's to hot. sit. It's hot, <laughs> and then and you need you we needed a way to keep it off the lens. Yeah. That evol- evolved down the road into 3D scans and and oh, actually went from, actually molding.
0: It literally went from analog to digital
1: like real quick. Yeah. Yeah, we, because we had to.
0: Yeah. Because we were we found ourselves in a position and we'll again get to this in a little bit, but we found ourselves in a position where we we couldn't keep up. It was like tough. The, yeah. the, we had to scale and to grow so I would
1: I would literally form a in my garage and i before I was gonna go on shift, I work I work A shift, Pat worked C shift and we still are on the same shift lines, but we would I would run around and gather up all the shields yeah. and I'd dump them in a box and I'd like leave them the behind a bush con. in front of my in, in front of my house. <laughs> and I'm like every, you know, or the
0: garbage can. It was behind the behind garbage the gar- can every single time and I knew yeah. that when I was coming off shift and Cody was going on that I would swing by Cody's house. Because I lived, you know, between the stage, his house was between my working station and my house. So I would stop by Cody's house and I would pick up a new box of material and then I would take him home and I would do the, the knot tying and I would do the ends and I would do the suede pieces that we had on the, the 3M Scott AV 3000s and I would print out labels. I remember printing out like paper labels oh, on yeah. my inkjet printer and uh, like like packaging tape the labels onto whatever box we could find and that was a struggle in and of itself because you're paying that was, almost two or three dollars a box to get them non-volume but so that we was like,
1: after we would just we used to just drop them off at the post office or it's called the postal annex it's like it, it's they like work a, it's with like
0: the, a it's like a brokerage like like a do shipping UPS station yeah whatever. Or effect, or but so we and,
1: would just go down with a list of names and addresses And we'd have to talk to the lady and we would tell her like, Hey, this box needs to go to this address. And she would type it and she'd type it. And and then if for some reason the address didn't work, it'd ship back to us. And then we're like, Oh crap. Now now
0: keep in mind we were doing maybe like (laughs) two or three a week
1: yeah <laughs> Probably that is yeah. insane maybe yeah. two
0: or three a week and we were like okay we'll save them up for a couple of weeks and then we'll do this big run um and that was before we even got started with like the website and stuff um and then just backtracking a little bit that was that was the development side and i do remember sitting in your garage with like a with like a buffing wheel oh yeah and we'd have to buff the sides of them yeah and then we would i mean we played with all sorts of different ways of doing it and uh eventually we got and that was just solid colors. We didn't even dip into customs. We didn't dip into oh, yeah. designs or any of that stuff. Um, I think we were doing black and gray, maybe. And we had we had like the colors, like the orange and the neon. Oh yeah, red. we had
1: we had some crazy colors. So we, we were using So we big.
0: started a social media page because we wanted to get word out there, and we didn't know how. Um, so we started the social media page, and we came up with that. And then we're like, well, we should we should see if our department wants them. So I think right. very one of our very first purchases was actually the city of spark fire department and
1: yeah we had decided that we were gonna offer it to our department first at like a discounted like at a discounted rate, rate right we're like, like well
0: this would be a great market to test them in let's see if they actually do what we say that they're gonna do let's see if people are actually going to use them or if this is like in the firefighting firefighting world and everybody listening can absolutely attest to the fact that there are there's trinkets out there right um it's a new glass punch it's a new knife it's a new you know, the Leatherman Raptor shears is like the a new light. You know what I mean? Like Whatever. it's a new flashlight. It's a new helmet mount, this or that, like, and there's nothing wrong with those products. And I think they add to a little bit of the flair. and for the most part, they're practical in some form or fashion. Right. Um, it is. I think it's a lot of trying to redesign the wheel. You know what I mean? Like how can I make a oh, right. widget better than the last series of, Oh, it's a flashlight. Yeah, okay, it'll show you But it's the light. a better
2: flashlight with it's one on more lumen. And
0: <laughs> this one's waterproof up and to like 10,000 feet. And, it's you know, bendy. And it, yeah, or this <laughs> one flexes. Um, nothing against the light manufacturers you do a great job. But uh, everybody's kind of like trying to make the next, newest, latest, greatest widget. And we thought we were on track to be the same thing, right? Like for oh, the most totally. part, we were like, oh, we don't even know if people are going to use this sort of thing. So we sold them to our city. And uh, one particular fire captain that we had, Uh, I remember him specifically saying, I want to hate you guys so bad. Like this is, but I can't like, you guys have a great idea.
1: Right. And he's like, I have tried to break this thing
0: and I've tried to come up with ways of why this is stupid and I can't do it. Yeah. So we were like, okay, okay. That's good. That's good. It was all good. You know, research and development. And we said, all right, well, if we have people giving us feedback saying that they want to hate us because it's the firefighter thing, right? Screw you. You're successful or screw you. You did something that I wish I could have done. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? We got a lot of that. Why didn't I think of that? This is like the pet rock. And we're like, well, it's a little more practical than the pet rock, but um, you know, why, why didn't I think of that? Well, this is, this is absolutely crazy. And I think that fed our fire.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: We're like, shit, people are saying this about it. Maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing. Um, So we, we sold to that department, to our department, and after that, and after we got some good feedback and people were using it, we actually used it in some trainings where we could black ourselves out and do some, you know, zero visibility stuff. We again came to a conclusion that it was time to like start marketing this. So we started a website. I think we used Wix. Very simple. Yep. Easy to use. Like everything we did in the beginning was to be cheap. Period.
1: Oh yeah, it's user friendly. Yeah, you get in, do it yourself. Yeah, because we're firefighters, and so we yeah. want
0: it. We. We, again, saw a problem, created the product, and then the problem was how do we create the product, and we solved that because we're firefighters and we do stuff with our hands, and it was something that you had a real good skill set at doing, and you were able to create the product by hand without us needing to, you know, go the injection molding route or take out a loan, or right. I'm, I'm very proud to say that we started this business with probably $2,000 out of our own pockets. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, and it that was...
0: We, you know, There are some businesses out there that are financed to the hilt because they have to, because that's how their production runs. That's how they operate. They have assets that they need to buy. They have machinery that they need. We were able to do it from zero. So everything that we have built this company into has been debt-free.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been paying for itself. And you don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. You might, depending on what widget yeah, you what come up your, with. Yeah. But for ours, we... It was fairly cheap. I remember when in the beginning, uh, you know, a sheet of our plastic was a hundred bucks yeah. and we were like, can uh, I buy wait? half of that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it literally was, it was <laughs> like,
0: not even kidding. Can you
1: cut it in half and we'll buy half now and half, half later, later and then we'll, we'll we'll just kind of figure it out. And we were like struggling. We weren't struggling, but we were, we had a hard time investing a lot of money on something that we weren't sure on what we were doing. Everything was out of pocket. We're like, yeah. eh, I don't really want to spend 500 bucks on five sheets of material. Granted, these are four foot by eight foot sheets. They're huge. Where do we store them? Where you know, we didn't have all that stuff figured out. So, and we, again,
0: this is a side project. This isn't, this isn't our business. This isn't something that's putting food on the table. Right. You know, that's keeping a roof over our heads. This was an idea, an idea. This was the extra. This was, oh yeah, I, I like crafting bracelets. So I'm going to do that on my time off because as firefighters or, while well, most people in in um, public service, you're working a four ten schedule, or you're working a forty eight ninety six, or Kelly like, um, like kind of like what we do here. So you have you have time off. You do. Yeah. It's not just like your two days of your weekend, and then you go back and grind it out nine to five for the most part. We had a little bit of time on our hands, and we we're like, well, we'll invest a little bit of time and maybe just a little bit of money, and we went into it. I went into it as you know, the operating officer or whatever. As I want to do this as. Inexp not cheaply because we use good stuff but we want to do it as inexpensively as possible that was my goal and um we managed to do it
1: oh 100 we went from not not wanting to buy a full sheet of plastic for a 100 bucks and uh two weeks ago i just bought 47 sheets four by eight <laughs> sheets like we shipped over a thousand or about a thousand shields last month like it yeah. It doing, has,
0: doing two or three a week to, right, to doing a thousand you know, a month, thousands of them a month, 250 is. a week. And that's every single month or, or week, you know, week over week. And Andy can attest to that, that
2: our hair is on fire. Wait, wait, wait. If you uh, had yeah. hair, it would be on fire. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you. <laughs> your mustache hairs. <laughs> so we, yeah, I mean, we, we got ourselves into a position where we're like, all right, this is, this is pretty good. We think we have something, right? Um, and then moving down our timeline, we're like, "Well, what's what's the next reasonable step? How do we market ourselves a little bit better?" And uh, we actually ended up in Nashville.
1: Yeah, we figured we wanted to get the word out, and there's we're lucky as firefighters and and being in the in the fire world, even the police world, um, we have the ability to go to these concentrated um, firefighter trade shows, like. That's all of our market in one special area, and we can target them 100%. Like anyone that's going to FDIC or Firehouse World or any of these firefighter trade shows are in the fire service. Yeah. Or whether they're volunteer or career, and that's our target audience. Yeah. It's not like we're in, I don't even know, like, do they, some other, that might be really hard for someone that's trying to sell a camera or, or a tripod, I mean, they, sure, they could yeah. probably go to a, a There's camera, probably a
0: trade show. A camera it's, trade show. But, but, it's, but it's definitely your audience is more broad. Yeah. And that's what we've gotten to, you know, hey, you guys need to go on Shark Tank. Like, Shark Tank would be rad. Like, wouldn't it be cool if you could get up there and sell it to, to Mark Cuban? Like, no, because people like us get eaten alive because you can't sell our shit in Walmart. Right. Because the average person isn't going to want what we sell. We are very specific. We have a very specific demographic. And
1: they're going to take like 30%. Come on. Well,
0: and there's that. but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like we have a very specific demographic, right? Like we have we're, we sell to anybody who uses a full face breathing apparatus, which really kind of limits you to like the first responder businesses, divers, we found out later. Military, that, law we'll enforcement. talk about that too. Um, but, you know, we we came up with this product as a thing by firefighters, for firefighters, and we're proud of that. But at the end of the day, we have a very narrow
2: it's a niche product.
0: Niche, yes, that's a great, great way to describe it. So it's a niche product, but
2: it's still a huge niche. There's a good, l- there's a, a lot of people out yeah. there. Yeah,
0: it's not like we're selling six wheel trucks. You know that that like there are thirty people in the world that are in the United States that have a six wheel truck because it's big and badass and expensive. But you know we're we're definitely a niche market, which which makes it a little bit easier because then we know exactly who we're marketing to. Right. Like we I don't, don't have I don't need market. to figure out where I'm going to market. Like it's nationwide. I don't need to figure out what my target demographic is.
2: It's nationwide or worldwide. Worldwide. Let's, let's, let's be yeah. real for a second. It just, we don't just have firefighters in the United States. Hundred percent. I, I yeah. hear they have them in Canada even <laughs> <Do> today. <they?
0: Yeah. laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Eh? Um, and they're, they're actually some of our customers. So we, we know what our demographic is. I know that it's not going to be a 60 year old male or female. I know that I know my age ranges. I know that typically my customer just based on, firefighting demographic is typically a male and it's typically between 25 and 45 years old or 50 years old like that's like our target market so we didn't have to like go do a bunch of market research and pick and choose like it was done for us our by doing what we do it just kind of filtered into that um so we ended up in Nashville we did that show um and that's where we met a lot of people <laughs> from other Firefighter owned businesses was that year in Nashville. Yeah, um, Ryan I mean, Pennington Ryan was Ryan one Pennington, of the first. Yep, uh, came up to us and uh, Nick Dingus, and they with Dingus Fire um, Equipment out of Amboy, Illinois. Um, they're actually one of our distributors now. Yeah, but we have a great relationship with Nick and um, Ryan with Jump Seat. Um, I think he's still doing that, but he does a lot of presentations on hoarder homes uh, at these conferences. Awesome speaker, really great guy.
2: I hear he's on the list for F D I C twenty twenty two as well.
0: He is. So go see him. FDIC twenty twenty two. Um puts on an awesome presentation about uh what did he call him? Hoarder Houses is not PC. Um so we met him, we met um the group with five 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 with uh Pip from New Jersey. Um super good dude, uh and his crew, all all of the people there. And they kinda took us under their under their wing almost. It was like, Hey, yeah. come out with us. Like this is and Cody and I were looking at each other. Like who the hell are we? We're just two mm-hmm. guys who came up with this kind of idea and we're actually, we're selling product. We sold enough product to pay for the booth. The booth was a little less expensive than they are now. Oh yeah. Um, which was an investment for us. We're like, shit, right. how do we do it? And in the spirit of keeping things cheap, we actually have a, a, one of our, um, drivers or engineers has a brother who lived in Nashville and we were, and he owned a restaurant So we're like, hey, we're going to Nashville. Can he get us tables? Like, we don't want to pay $300 for two days of table rentals. (laughs) For the the booth. Yeah, or we didn't know what we were doing. Like, we So we were like, the booth is already expensive. We're out of pocket. Like, oh, shit, are we going to make this up? And we ended up, you know, trying to pull strings just to get it to work. And we did. Um, So we started there. And then, yeah, like I said, they kind of took us under their wing. And we were like, wow, there's like this sub-community of an already tightly knit community, a brotherhood of these like people who super own super awesome run co- people. companies and yeah. And every single one of them turns out to be absolutely fantastic when it, when it comes to um, you know, questions, how do we do stuff or where do we do stuff or um, how, how did you guys run this? Or we learn from yeah. their mistakes and that's what we're doing with this podcast is or they, giving back in that exact same fashion. They and give us so, ideas
1: too. Yeah. They're like, have you guys thought about doing this? We're like, huh? It's literally, or, yes, it's, we have thought of it's that. It's
0: Literally free brainstorming sessions. Every, every time. time we go to a show, every, every time. single time we talk to somebody else and we, and we do the same thing. We pay it forward. We're like, Hey, have you thought about this? Or it'd be super cool if you went and talked to that guy or hey, it's, all, it's all about networking connections really at these, at these trade shows, especially for the exhibitors like us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's networking for everybody. But when you dive deeper into these small like niche areas um, we were, we were right next to identifier in Nashville.
1: Yeah our first trade and that show yeah. gave
0: us another great firefighter own business, gave us some awesome advice. Hey, you guys should try this. You guys should try that. You should, you know, whatever it might be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're just here trying to pay it forward now with, with the podcast and to try to have these people back on and hopefully encourage other people again to other first responders to, Hey, it is a really cool industry and it's a really cool, um, opportunity to get together and network with these people. So, um, that's what we're here for.
2: Well, how'd you guys scale up from, from where you were before I came on board?
0: So post Nashville was, um, an eye opener for us. Cause we're like, dude, we got to hit trade shows. Oh, right. And I remember, I think it was, was it Matt? Who was it? It was one of the leather guys. They said, you have to do indie. Oh, it was, uh, get hosed apparel.
1: Oh, get hosed. Yeah. The,
0: uh, the lovely husband and wife team of get hosed apparel. They, they basically said like, look guys, you need to do FDIC. And we're like, yeah, like, right. Who FDIC. are we? FDIC, that's where professionals go. That's where like <laughs> that's Pierce where... has the giant setup <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, 3M Scott's got their giant booth. And we're just two guys from Podunk Northern Nevada. And what, what are we doing here? And and then the other aspect of it was like, we are it's expensive.
1: Oh, yeah. Five grand for a 10 by 10 booth at FDIC. Yeah.
0: And we're like, we don't have the capital to do that. And we're nervous because, you know, we're like, we're never going to recover from that. Plus flights and all this stuff. And it's hard
1: because they they say, oh, you just got to do it. There's, you will make your money and take product and everything that you think that you're going to take and you're going to sell there, double it. And I guarantee you will, you will sell out. But, and we, that's so hard to take into account from just, well, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, when they're like, oh, just take a shitload double, of product, take and, double, and double it, and then and you'll make your money back, no problem. And we're like, whoa. like, and that's literally what we did, and we sold out in two days. We took double what we thought we were going to need, and we sold out in two days, and we didn't even have our own booth. We were still trying to save money. We used a corner booth with Dingus Fire Rescue back in the corner in Lucas Oil Stadium. And we sold out. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was absolutely mind blowing. But when you have 30,000 firefighters in a concentrated area and you have a product that works and that people can believe in, especially when they put their hands on it and they can see yeah. it, Yeah. like throw it on the floor, step gonna, on it. You try and break it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And,
0: and that was, that was a big thing is when you, when we had that problem with marketing, Mm -hmm. So when you see our product on the website, you're like, Oh, it's just a piece of plastic and you don't know what the plastic feels like until you touch it. Right? Like there is a competitor out there who actually ended up, we, we, we found who makes a product that was from what we can tell. And and this is us doing our market research. So if you're listening to this, um, it, it it was manufactured in China. It was injection Mm -hmm. molded with a cheap plastic, a cheap polymer. Um, So when you, when you held it in your hands, It was the difference between like a 25 cent vending toy and like something more substantial that you would like buy on the shelf at a Walmart or whatever. It's like the power
2: wheels versus the true side by side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was. Yeah. It exactly. It felt cheap. It felt like it was going to break. And in fact, just again, doing market research, we bought one and we tried it and we used it and we broke it. Yeah. And we didn't try to break it.
1: Very early on. So circling back to scaling up, we were we were still working out of our garages um i would do my typical manufacturing run pat would swing by when he got off sea shift and then you know i'd go to work he'd finish it and ship them out and then we finally decided and our wives decided as well that it was time for <laughs> us to move into a different location they were tired yeah, of us yeah. you know the plastic's stinky when you got to mold it and yeah. you got to heat it up and uh, so we were like god ah, where do we go? We need a place. We don't really want to pay a ton of rent because
0: we're still pretty small at that point. I mean, this is three years ago. So. Well, and I I remember I have a three stall garage and at one point I had basically like boxes, especially over the holiday season. That was when we, you know, we trended busier, but I remember having my entire third stall garage on the floor was like, boxes like oh, six yeah. by six by nine boxes like literally <laughs> lined out like a grid pattern yeah. and i'm like what on earth are we doing like this is crazy
1: yeah and so andy got hired with city of sparks um and we we started talking with him and we had known andy from working in the just in the industry in our local area he was for an, years he was an years. ambulance
0: guy He's specifically a- we knew him as the ambulance guy
1: He's an ambulance driver. When he got hired with Sparks, we just started talking and, you know, normal chit-chat. And we're like, oh, we're looking for a space. We're looking to try and, you know, get into somewhere that we can have a real shop. And he's like, I think I got a space for you. Uh, Come on out and check it out or whatever so well
0: actually so that all started so how andy got roped into it is we were working together yep at one of our fire stations Mm -hmm. um and
2: and we were trolling the old industrial neighborhood
0: (laughs) well well so what we were doing is yeah we were we're sitting there on our phones and we're like oh yeah yeah." and he's like have you seen this house that i bought and i'm like you moved like i had no idea (laughs) i'm like "I, i didn't know where you lived to begin with and he's like yeah i bought this property and I'm like, Oh, cool. Can I see it? And he shows me the, the Zillow or whatever and pulls it up. And so we're, I'm scrolling through and I'm like, Oh man, that's awesome. And like kind of simultaneously, I think the same day we were trolling the, yeah, the industrial spaces. Mm -hmm. We're like, Hey, we've got this problem. Like where we need to grow, we need to get into a bigger space. And we ended up, um, we ended up like, I don't, I don't even know how it came across. Like, I think I was looking at it and I'm like, dude, how many acres do you have?
2: Oh, I think it was the captain we were working (laughs) with too. It's like. Uh, yeah, I've got this huge shop space and I have no plans for it, at least right now. Anyways, I don't know. I just moved in and. Well, I think
0: originally we were, we were trying, trying to figure it out here.
2: What was that? We wanted to build out. here. Oh, that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was. You said you had
0: acreage and we were like, oh, spitball, yeah. you know what? Can I come out and check it out? And you were yeah. like, yeah, oh, yeah. Sh- should be fine. Like, we'll see if <laughs> you, you live know, in
1: county. Yeah, maybe Perfect. mutually
0: beneficial. You build a shop and we'll be able to work on it, whatever. And um, and then when we were out here looking at your property, you happen to have a larger shop already existing.
1: Oh, totally. So
2: I definitely thought it was crazy because you two fellows came out at, at different times too. And both of you said the exact same thing when you got to the threshold of, of what is our shop right now? Like, this is, this is it. This is perfect. The size is right. And, uh, like I can, we can totally see, you know, being in here for, a little bit anyways and a, a little bit has turned into nearly 3 years of growth and I definitely I would say prosperity for uh, for, uh. for BA Shields with where we were I to me it's crazy to think you know where we were 3 years ago as we start to you know start to talk about your first trip to FDIC while, while you guys yeah. were on the road, I remember spending an entire day out here just so proud of myself. Like <laughs> well, you look keep at what I you heard. keep getting orders and I'll keep making these things. And little did I know.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it basically kind of all transpired into um, where we're at right now. And we, we got, I don't want to say lucky, but literally it was, it was a little bit of luck. Like we wouldn't be where we are. You wouldn't be involved with the company. We wouldn't be operating out of this, this shop right now. If we hadn't been working together that one day. Right. So for everybody listening, you never know, you've got an idea, you can solve the problem. All of that stuff sounds absolutely fantastic, but you know, sometimes you do get into business with the people that you're working with. And if that is how things transpire, then that's awesome. And you, you got to use it. Like everybody has a strength and everybody has something they can bring to the team. Think about how it is on our engines right now, right? Like, you know, your role, everybody provides whatever that role is and we work our way up to that position. And uh, and we we find ourselves in positions where we can grow from there. So um, in a nutshell, I mean, that's the basic BA Shield story. Like we, we started from nothing. Like if I could recap it, we started with nothing. Um, it was an idea. We came up with a, a problem, which was, you know, there's no real good way to, um, there's no real good way to protect your lens on the fire ground at all. Um, and there's no good way to do any sort of blackout training or limited visibility training. We tried to keep it cheap. We did keep it cheap. Um, and we created our product and we were able to grow and navigate marketing and navigate. We wrote our own patent. We didn't discuss that. Like we could probably talk for an hour and a half on all this stuff and that's what we'll
1: to do. It's our own episode on, on the patent. I mean, we'll we'll bring somebody else in who's who's done
0: um, their own patents too, because I think that's exclusive to them. Um, But if we boil down like the meat and potatoes of this episode and what we really wanted to talk about, it's, it's, it's taking the leap, right? So um, we kind of discussed how we did it. If you're listening to this, there's something out there that is Obviously, tugging you to our podcast. That's saying, "Hey, maybe I do have this idea, or maybe I do have this plan, or you know, this is what I want to do with the business." And I, I just don't. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if I'm comfortable doing it. I don't know if this is where I should go. Um, and we're telling you right now that we just had this discussion in our meeting before we uh, hit the podcast table. You'll never know. Right? Yeah, you'll you'll never know if it's the right time. So you just need to do it. And the worst that'll happen is it doesn't work. And now next time you come up with an idea or a business or something like that, now you know from your failures, right? You, you learn from them.
2: And that becomes your experience for the next time around. Exactly. it's And hopefully you can take from the experience that we've been able to figure out and the folks that we bring on to the show you know, in the coming months. Maybe we don't have the right answer for what you're looking for today, but maybe one of the guys or gals that we bring on, you know, down the road, that's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. And in business, I think you guys all agree. Like there are so many components from how do you market? How do you market effectively? Like anybody can throw money at a marketing campaign, but if it's not, if it's not hitting your target audience, you're not effectively spending your money. Your ads aren't converting, right? If you have an idea and you want to protect it, but you don't go get a patent, you don't pursue that it leaves you open to somebody else who does want to go get the patent with the same idea who might make a tweak to make it better than your idea.
2: Or they have the backing,
1: the the power to make it happen.
0: Yeah. The financial the, know-how. Maybe you don't. The, right. Yeah. They might not I,
1: tweak it at all. They might just steal your idea and have yeah. more money than you. Yeah. And, that's it. And run
0: with it. So we, I guess if we were to come up with like a couple of key points in starting a business, I would say that you just need to do it. If you have an idea and you want to run with it, you can make it as elaborate or as, Uh, simple as you want. We started simple. And as we grew, we were able to grow everything else about our business.
1: We basically put everything, every, every, especially in the first three years and still pretty much everything today, we put back into the business.
0: Yes. So you're not, you're not unsuccessful if you don't make money. Everybody who gets into, I would say, I would argue that almost everybody in entrepreneurship, you have a first hard three years.
1: Oh, easy. At, at
0: least three years. Sometimes you mm-hmm. strike it rich, like right off the bat and it's great. But I would say there are definitely times out there where you, um, where you don't, where your investment, your time gets rolled back into the business. Yeah. And don't
1: expect to just go out and make, start making money within a year, even three years. Like you, it's going to take time. People have to figure out who you are and what you do unless you've got gobs of money just to throw at marketing, which is a shot in the dark too sometimes, you know? So, I mean, look at all the stuff you see on Kickstarter and all that stuff. Like they're just campaigning for money so that they don't have to put a big chunk down to get started. You know, they can have pre-sales that help them out and get them going.
0: And more importantly, I think don't, don't chase other people who are successful. Does that make sense? So don't, Don't look at a company that has done really, really well and say, well, I'll never get to their level or I don't know if I could be that successful. Or the flip side to that is I want to be as successful as them because you're already probably seven or eight years behind them. Like I think of that picture that has um, it's like an iceberg underwater underwater. It's like a cross-section, and it says success, and that's like the tip of the iceberg, and then underneath it, it's like failure, uh, loss of money, loss of fail. like it's it's all these other things that you don't know what they went through, and I would say BA Shields right now is a successful company, but we're seven years in, so if you're looking at us, and I'm just using us as an example, I don't think that we're crazy successful by any means yet. Um, we're still working hard to get to that level, but we've done a lot of things throughout our course of business, right? And if you're looking at us going, I want to be like them. We're seven years ahead of you, bro. Like we're we've oh, right, been in yeah. the game for longer than you. Right. So it's going to take you time to get up to this level. So again, overnight success is a very rare thing in starting your own business. Yeah. If you guys knew how
1: many um, like molds that I have, we have like, I have this like junk pile in the back of the shop and it's like test mold after test mold after test mold that I mean, and that that's all just money. That we spent, you know, 3D scanning, 3D printing to develop something and then getting a model developed so that we could try and mold it. And then just to find out that there's one small tweak that doesn't work out with that mold that we need to re-engineer, redo, re-go through all the steps. I mean, that, that's, that takes time, well, and that could time be, and money. And, and that could and be
0: that, what sinks a business. Oh, it could totally. Period. Like you're like, all right, it's not working. I'm done.
1: Right. Okay. When really you're, you could be one adjustment away From success. Absolutely. And if we were to quit when we had, you know, three, four hundred, five hundred dollars worth of molds that weren't working because of one little tweak or two little tweaks.
0: Or ink that doesn't work or a printer that fails. We We had the hardest time. Going through our printers, remember that, that period that we had where it was almost like two months and we couldn't do our smoked out series? Yeah. Because it wasn't printing right. And there was something mm-hmm. with the setting or a clogged print head or the temperature mm-hmm. or the pressure. All of these little variables are literally like, it's like making a cake, right? Like if one of those variables is off, your cake tastes like shit.
1: You can't make a cake without butter. Maybe. I don't know if that's true. Betty not, Crocker probably has one. Sounds case. good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's like,
0: there's, there's these things that, that you need to do in business that aren't going to be easy and it is a hard road. It really is. Yeah. You, and you have to be persistent.
1: You can't, you, do. you just can't let all the little bumps and bruises set you back. Or, I mean, you just have to keep going. You know, there's no, especially when you have people depending on you, you got yeah. orders coming in the door yeah. and you can't, produce something like that's i'm shitting my pants and i need to figure something out i'm balls deep in my printer because i can't figure out what where the malfunction is and
2: i can't just go down to walmart and buy another one
0: because they don't
1: exactly carry that our printers don't uh just grow on trees or at walmart one it's
0: specialty stuff and sometimes you need to make more of an investment or sometimes you need to pull money back and
2: um, you wait, wait a minute. You got to spend money to make money. <laughs> that's that, that's how yeah, it works, right? But yeah.
0: but we have found that the more that we have been spending, we started little and we scaled up, right? We didn't start. I mean, our expenses are are actually crazy. Like the the amount of money that we spend annually as an as a business expense is in my mind it's mind boggling. It to think yeah. that we started with three shields and no expenses, and now I'm like, oh yeah, just. It's an expense. It is what it is. It's a cost that comes out of our bank account. So um, you you do need to spend money to make money, but you can scale it. It's it's reasonable to say you don't need to go out and take out a half a million dollar loan for your lawn care business so you can buy the best mowers and a truck and a trailer. You can start out with your truck and you can start out by throwing that lawn mower in the back of your truck and maybe you get a couple accounts and as your accounts start to grow, now you're in a position where you're like, oh, shoot, I need a bigger mower because I'm doing more and mm-hmm. I could do more, more efficiently, in less time, if I had a bigger mower, so I am going to invest in this. And then, as you start to grow, you buy a new mower or a new trimmer. Now you are like, ah, oh, shit. If I had another mower, I could double my accounts.
2: Cool. Yeah, now I need a trailer to put all this stuff or, into, or
0: I can't. I can't run two mowers at once. I need to hire somebody. I need to have somebody operate this piece of machinery. And that, and that's literally one example. But you could go there with anything. You could go there with t-shirts. You could start out mm-hmm. making t-shirts in your basement or your your garage or whatever with a clamshell heat press. And and like a printable um like heat transfer sheet and uh a heat transfer ink. Like you could you could literally make your own t-shirt brand and
1: out of ten square feet.
0: Yeah, but you're not going to be Nike. Uh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Nike's <laughs> yeah. been doing this fucking ever. Like you're you're not going to sell a million t-shirts and get a deal with, you know, the big manufacturers or Walmarts or distributors or like, you know, and all the people who do own t-shirt companies know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh it's You need to scale reasonably. You need to have reasonable expectations jumping into business. But I think that one of the things that holds people back from entrepreneurship, period, is they're afraid of those hurdles that we just talked about.
1: Yeah. Well, and a lot of it, we spend so much time just researching things. Yeah. When we're not in the shop producing or doing work things, we're still thinking about, you know, something will pop into my head and I'm like, oh, what if you know, we add this little widget to our mold so that we can do two steps in one. Then it's back to the drawing board, you know, and I'm yeah. thinking about something before I go talk to the guy, to the engineer that's going to design it so that I have a concept working concept and and they're not, they're not on paper. They're in my head. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I can see it before it's even in CAD. Yeah. And hopefully I do a good enough job explaining that to him, but Like, we are constantly thinking about this stuff. Or if we have an idea, Mm -hmm. we're researching it. We're trying to figure out how research is just time spent that's free. And you can research who anything that you want to do in business, the internet, you you can research it for hours if you want. And it'll help you figure out what the best way to approach that hurdle that you're coming across.
0: Well, and more than likely, somebody has already solved that problem. Oh, hundred percent. We're not the yeah. first people to manufacture stuff out of thermal plastic, right? Right. And we're not the first people to market something to a fire department. There are people out there who have done all of those things. And what we're trying to do is piece them all together. So there isn't a college course on entrepreneurship that I know of. You can't get your bachelor's degree in how to start a business like you. It just doesn't exist. In fact, most of the successful business owners who have multi-million dollar businesses have zero formal education. But what they do have is drive and dedication. Uh, oh, yeah. And that it's, willingness to overcome hurdles. If something yeah, crops up, it's not. a Yeah, it's not. It's not a failure. If I lose money in this business, it's not a failure. It's a learning opportunity. Right. Yeah. And you when, can still turn when, around. And when we had issues with the molds, you said we uh, and it's accurate. We had hundreds of dollars of molds that didn't work that were tweaked the wrong way. But we knew that we had to get over that hurdle. We weren't ready to fold our business over a couple hundred bucks, even though it might have had to come out of our pockets, right? We could have just stopped. We could have just said, oh, it's not worth it. It's too much work, yada, yada, yada. You literally can come up with excuse after. My, my wife doesn't want me to do it. I don't have the money to do it. It's not going to be successful. I'm worried about what other people think. And that's when people just quit. Or that's what keeps people from getting started. I don't have the time. Bullshit. We have, well, we have We have the same 24 hours in our day that you do. Like I do, I have the same 24 hours of my day that you do that you do, right? What are our priorities? And I think we, as a company have come up with our family should take number one, right? Um, this is our side job. So whatever actually keeps like the gas on should, yeah, should take priority, number table. two, right? So, so our, <laughs> our job job as firefighters sure. is number two. Like we, we we can't do this if our bills aren't paid and our needs aren't met, right? And then this is kind of like our number three. Like, so it's low on the priority list. But we still make it a priority, I would say, right? Like it's still in our in our list of shit to do because uh-huh. we we feel strongly in the product that we make. Um, and we do have the drive to continue on.
1: Oh yeah. People give up because it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. To just walk away, you know? But and it's especially easy in the beginning. Exactly. You know, like when oh, you, it's cool. You're, you're, you're trying excited. to come up with something, yeah, you're, you're excited, excited, but you're like, oh, well, this is this is hard. I'm going to have I'm, to go to talk to all those people yeah, and uh, taxes a people and a Look, CPA
2: th- and getting a patent. I don't know any of these people. It's uh, going to
0: cost a lot of money. And I think, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm comfortable. And I think all sure. of us are comfortable. It's pushing yourself outside of your comfort level, going and and looking up. And like you said, there are a million resources online. Guess what? Somebody started a business teaching people how to start businesses. It exists ink.com or, uh, I think it was ink, ink, ink or ink file, whatever one we use. That was how we started our business. You can literally go online and type into Google it boggles my mind right now. Like how <laughs> many resources there are out there and people keep making objections. I, I don't know how to start a business. I can go to Google, how to start a business and I can type in how to start a business. And there will be somebody who has blocked about that and they pay or other people pay for advertising on their site. Mm-hmm. That's a business. The business is how to start oh, a total. business. Yeah. They make it so easy for you that if you want to start a business, and did you just do this, Andy? Still working through it. Still working through it. So Andy, absolutely. Andy has a side venture.
2: On top of this side venture. It's a side quest to the side quest.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so Andy, yeah, you want to do landscaping,
2: right? Right. And there's a couple other guys, not one sitting here at the table that, just another idea, right? (laughs) Because there's always something to be done out there and, you know, people want a service or a good and they're willing to pay money for it, right? Of course, just like anybody
0: else. It's the pet rock.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, me and a couple other fellas uh, started spitballing this idea probably a year ago. And even though I'm involved with the side quest with the guys that we're talking to today as far as pat and cody goes like i i i I still understand the small business side but i myself have not started my own side business so here we are you know me and two other guys working through starting our own side business and hey you know i got a guy that's sitting right across from me that i could have just i don't know (laughs) asked some (laughs) questions like hey how easy or difficult is this and you know to me it's been incredibly eye-opening just working through i mean it the the concept is the same but it's completely different on the business you know aspect right but how do I get a business license? How, you know, for, for what we're looking to do, we need to go through a contractor's board. We don't have to do that for BA shields, which is, which is awesome. But when, you know, how do you work through all those problems? Oh, we have to go take a test. Who's going to study to take the test? Right. You know, like the stuff flip side like of that. that
0: is, is BA Shields sells to, um, governments, right? So because we deal with governments, our paperwork needs to be in line. Like yep. if we want to get paid from a local government, our our I's need to be dotted and our T's need to be crossed because when it comes down to it, it it's all Uncle Sam money, right? Right. Like it's, right. it's departments that are paying, but likely it's from a grant or it's from federal funding or whatever it is. And, you know, they're, they're having problems with that. So really when it boils down to it, we're talking about basically the same thing. It's the same, but it's different, right?
2: Yeah, of course. So... You know, as, as we work through all those different, I don't want to call them issues, but as we work through all the different stuff that we need to, you realize that it's, it's not that instant gratification where today I say, ah, you know, I want to start a business and you're up and rolling by next week with all the different stuff that you need to have done. It takes time and, you know, perseverance and, and being dedicated to getting it done.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, no matter what it is. So, if I could leave our listeners with, I think we kind of covered covered jumping off into business. Like if we haven't motivated you to, uh, sorry, to go, yeah, to go the, the the beeping in the background, all of our video, all of our cameras are dying.
2: Apparently we made this a really long one. Oh good <laughs> hell,
0: We're at about an hour in, but uh, so if you stuck with us, that's fantastic. Um, hopefully we kind of gave you some insight into how BA shield started. Um, and what it would take to start a business and, and it doesn't need to be complex in the beginning. you can you scale and you grow. you know what I mean? Like look at any big business. Amazon uh, started in a garage. Amazon did not start with a
2: billion dollars
0: and hundred thousand square foot warehouses and the the way to fulfill goods that they did. That's not how they started. They started very low budget again in a garage and it was it, it, they scaled up from there but it's, it's being able to take that first step. So how is a business born? It's being able to take that first step. It's starting in business. It's
1: no, it's, yeah, yeah. taking the leap. Like you have to believe in yourself and just that, that's the biggest thing. If you, if you take the leap and to get into business, you have to be willing to say that you're not going to give up, right? If you're not going to give up, then you, you're bound to be successful at least, like you don't give up, you push forward and you try and be even more successful than you were last year. So, it, and it doesn't
0: even need to be yearly. It, yesterday, we, we have, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, yesterday. Like yeah. make yourself, and again, this is this is a personal belief that I have and it's to make myself 2% better every single day, regardless of what that is. Maybe it's that I'm 2% better at uh, hanging out with my kiddos or it's that I'm 2% better at the business or that it's 2%, I'm a 2% better husband or whatever it is. You do need to push yourself to make yourself better and you don't look at it as 2% every every year necessarily you can because right, we have business right. goals where we're like sh- you know we want to hit this number and then next year we want to hit that number but really what you want to get into is how do you make yourself better every single day and then by the end of that year period or whatever you're looking at you're like holy shit what did I just do like, yeah look at all the things that we did and and it's it's that theory of taking a bite of the elephant one bite at a time or eating yeah, the, eating elephant, the, elephant, eating the yeah. elephant one bite at a time Um, you, you don't you don't try to fit it all in your mouth at once But at the end of all of your little bites, you're like, wow, we We got it done. I actually accomplished that goal. Yeah. So in parting, I would say that uh, you need to, you need to just get out there and take the leap. If you have an idea, you have a business idea, you have a plan, you have a solution to a problem, roll with it. Like you, you can fix, you can fix a lot of problems. And I say you like generally, right? Like people out there can fix a lot of problems. Oh, totally. They can come up with yeah. solutions to problems. They can come and and in business. That's what we do. We referred to it last um, last month, too. There's somebody out there with money to buy whatever it is that you're peddling, period. There are people who, you know, it, painting your painting a room is easy, but there are a lot of people that don't want to paint a room. Oh, yeah. And they want to pay money for it. Yeah. For somebody else to do it. <laughs> Cutting your grass yes. is unbelievably yeah. easy, in my opinion, you know, especially some of these small yards. And there are people willing to pay money, hard earned money. For somebody else to come out and mow their grass for them.
1: Totally, they'll I mean, get it. That's there's business, always right? someone like, with money that's gonna that'll pay you for some sort of service. So if you're saying walking have, your dog, oh people, I mean it's out there. Like and kudos to those people. You're like, hey, you got enough money to pay me? I'll walk your dog. Whatever. Yeah, I like dogs. I yeah. like dogs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we know those people. Um. So there, there will always be somebody. So that objection again is BS. Oh, nobody's gonna pay me for this. Want to bet? I think I think just there. Are, I think there are more people out there that would pay for things than you would think. Oh yeah, especially and, now. And like in fact, that's nowadays. the reason that there are other brands, mm-hmm. right? You can buy a T-shirt from one company, but there are a million companies out there that sell T-shirts. Why? Because people are willing to spend money on T-shirts. Yeah, something different, right? So that would be my parting advice, Andy.
2: Like I said just a few seconds ago, go for it, get after it. You don't know what you don't know. And you yeah. got to give it a run. Got to give it a shot.
1: Don't give up. There's always there's always a workaround, you know, whether it's I mean, sometimes it sucks when it's money, you know, you're like, oh, that didn't work. And that just cost me $500, five hundred bucks, five thousand dollars. I don't know whatever it was. But uh, in the end, there's a workaround. There's whether you got to pay someone to get through your workaround or you just figure it out on your own. I mean, perseverance is key. Just just keep going if you need help reach out. I mean, there's, what's the worst that someone's going to do is say no for free advice. Like, okay, move on next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? right. Exactly. So, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the, uh, brotherhood and business podcast and we will see you, uh, in a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about business and we'll talk a little bit more about those companies that you know and love that you probably, uh, don't know the faces behind.
1: Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll have our first guest on here.
0: That's the plan. We don't. We aren't sure exactly who it's going to be. We we literally have a guest list of like like forty five people who yeah. all said that they'd be willing to do it. So we just need to figure out who we're going to get in first. But like I said, we'll have a topic every single every single month. Um, this one was the jump off. This was get yourself started. This was the kick in the pants. Like just this is our story. Our story, and uh, we'll bring in the story of another firefighter, or first responder, own business next time. So yeah, until that. Thank stay you. safe stay safe